Joe from American Timelines. I had reached out to Tubby Johnston, the first girl to play Little League Baseball in 1950. She's 84 years young, living near Sacramento, California, and she agreed to do an interview with us. And so I wanted to take this opportunity to uh, put this out as a as kind of a little special mini episode. Interviewing her really felt a lot like an episode of The Grand Project, which a friend of mine, Kitty Janvrin, uh, does, uh, a podcast she does uh, where she interviews her grandparents and other friends and family's grandparents about their wonderful lives, things you don't know about. And if you take a moment to, to talk to somebody uh, who's lived a long life, you'll find out that they've they've got great stories and that they're really endearing to hear on The Grand Project. And so... I decided this would be a great time to cross over with Kitty's podcast. So you can hear the entire interview with Tubby Johnston on The Grand Project. But here's a little sneak peek of it, a little mini episode of American Timelines, where we highlight our 1950 person of the year, Kay Tubby Johnston, who was the first girl to ever play Little League Baseball. I hope you enjoy, and I hope you check out The Grand Project. Joe, this is my husband, Cy. Hi, Cy. Hello, Joe. Great to see you and meet you. I feel like I already know you from watching the uh, uh, the uh, audio uh, story lab. Uh, oh, yeah. So I already feel like I know you guys. But uh, thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. You'll be my person of the year for 1950. Um, but I also wanted to ask you up front, um, would you uh, – are you okay with um, – using this interview for another potential podcast. Um, a friend of mine started over the pandemic. She had lost her grandmother and she really regretted not interviewing her grandmother or talking to her more about her life. So she started a new podcast called the grand project where she interviews all of her grandparents and her friends, grandparents and anybody's, uh, grandparents, uh, uh, just about their lives and because they've led these amazing lives that nobody talks to them about. And so sh it's a really, really sweet, endearing podcast that kind of gets your like hearts going. And then you also hear from these amazing people who have done amazing things. Um, and so I mentioned you to her, even though you're not any of our grandparents, <laughs> you're someone's grandparents, I'm sure. Um, and you, you've got such an amazing story that if you didn't mind, if I share the interview with her and she would put it on her podcast as well. That'd be fine. Yeah. That's so but nice. Don't tell we, Kay and I are not grandparents, unfortunately. Oh, you're, you're, we have three grown children. Okay. Never married. No kids. So okay. we no, have that. Uh, okay. That's okay. We that's, have the problem having no kids. Well, that, you know what? So on the zoom call, Kay and Sai's daughter, Kathy, decided to hold her small dog up to the camera to prove that they are grandparents. There's the grandkid right there. That's a grandbaby. <laughs> That's a beautiful grandparent. That's the best kind to have. Uh, well, well, then you, then we can be, if you're okay with that, we'll be your grandchildren for this purpose. Um and that's good. It's the best way to get your story out there then. So anyway, thank you so much for, I can't believe you, 
got back to me and you're so gracious with your time. I'm really appreciative. Thank you. In 1950, Catherine Johnston wanted to play Little League, but an unwritten rule kept girls from trying out. So she cut off her hair and tried out as a boy under the nickname Tubby, and she made the team and changed Little League baseball forever. You can hear this about this story in anybody's game. Catherine Johnston, the first girl to play Little League, a picture book that was published on March 1st, 2018. It's available on Amazon by Heather Lang uh, with pictures by Cecilia Pulesi. Hopefully that's how I say it. And today we have Miss Catherine Johnston here with us. Catherine, thank you so much for being here uh, and spending some time with uh, listeners of independent podcasts like American Timelines and The Grand Project. Um, really appreciate your time. So let's go ahead and start with the story. It was 1950, and girls weren't allowed to play baseball, right? Well, that's right. It was an unwritten rule that girls would not play Little League baseball. Rules were set up for boys and boys only. So, uh, uh, Ashley, I didn't cut my hair. My mother did. I was uh, sitting in the kitchen crying because my brother had gone off to Little League practice for the kid, and I wanted to go, and he said, you can't, you're a girl. So, I, you know, I, for months I'd asked my father, why wasn't I born a boy? I'll, you know, boys can do everything and girls can't, <laughs> and there should be no reason why a, why a girl with athletic ability just as good as boys, if not better, <laughs> you know, could not play Little League Baseball. So uh, when, about two weeks later, but Corning, New York, had extended the um, uh, Little League Baseball Conference to include two more teams. And I saw this as my opportunity to sort of bully my way into the uh, Little League uh baseball club thing so and my mother I, my mother said oh why don't you just go try out i said how can i try out with these long braids so she cut off the braids and um, then i tucked the rest of my hair under my brother's cap and put on some of his clothes and i took my bicycle and rode now this was uh, in a different area of corning as called riverside and mm -hmm. Uh, there, nobody knew who I was. Plus, we had been in Bradford, Pennsylvania for three years before we, we went to Corning. Oh, okay. And so, I when they didn't require birth certificates, their names. So, I, I asked my mother, I don't know what to call myself. And she said, well, you're always reading little little comic books like this. Yeah, that's a, so that's so, a picture of Tubby. And like this. The character from yeah. Little Lulu, yeah. So that's where I got the name Tubby, and I <laughs> No, keep going. You're good. You're good. I'm just adding a little bit in. Yeah, I I was just uh, narrating for uh, podcast listeners what you were holding up, and that you actually held up a Little Lulu comic with Tubby on there, the character that you named yourself after. Do you want me to show? No, that's okay. Okay. Okay, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Continue, please. That's great. Good. Continue. Oh, okay. Well, so I signed up as, uh, as you know, Tubby Johnston. Now, 
Back then, not everyone made a little league team, as today's philosophy has no no player left behind. Right. But then, you know, we I had about three or four practices, and when the coach decided uh, who, you know, would make the team, he called out Tubby Johnston will play first base, and I was absolutely <laughs> ecstatic. I almost started screaming, but yes. I didn't want to. <laughs> Let anyone know who I was, yes. you know, that I was a girl. That's so funny. So, anyway, um, it it was absolutely phenomenal that I, I made the team. I was a good player, and I was, um, you know, sort of undercover for a while until I was so an easy playing, making believe I was a boy that I finally had to talk to my coach. So that's so that's one thing that uh, is, so yeah. Thank you. Uh, that's great so far. I have a couple more questions. So one I wanted to ask you about the name Tubby, uh, and you answered most of my questions. So your mom suggested that you're reading all those cartoons. So you picked Tubby. So Tubby wasn't necessarily your favorite character. Tubby wasn't was Tubby your favorite character? It was in the Little Lulu and Tubby series. Yeah. <laughs> So, so I uh So did you, you thought Tubby was that name? You thought Tubby was sounded like a boy, so oh, and yeah. I was tiny. I was just a little tiny thing. So it didn't make any difference if I called myself Tubby or <laughs> so that's, I wasn't a Tubby. <laughs> you weren't Tubby. That's funny. So that's what I kinda wanted a clarification on was so your it wasn't your mom trying to suggest that you were Tubby or anything like that. Um Oh no. You were a no. little girl, small kid. So even funnier that your name was Tubby. Oh no, I was I was tiny. I was a little, you know. I think I was about four ten and about seventy five or eighty pounds. Okay, so I did a little reading on Tubby, and I saw that Tubby a lot of times was he sort of headed up the No Girls Allowed Club in those comic books. So I think it's funny and ironic. Yeah, no. That he wanted No yeah, Girls Allowed, with- and you were the first girl to play baseball using his name. Yeah, what what happened? Even though my going out there on the field and playing, you know, uh, really changed the history for little league. Um, the uh, it was also and it opened, you know, it gave a, a voice for all little girls there for little league. But it also was a catalyst for what they call the Tubby Rule, and the Tubby Rule came out in 1951, saying no girls under any circumstances, will play Little League Baseball. And it wasn't until, I think it was 1974, when the now organization jumped in with Maria Pepe and changed the, you know, so that girls could play baseball. But actually, what Lance Van Auken, who was the vice president of Little League, told me that it inspired people just to, you know, Little League to start softball. And that's actually why softball started, because then girls could really play. But there were some girls that played Little League Baseball, too. Yeah, there were. Yeah, thank you for that. That was uh, something I was going to mention, but that that helps that you covered that. that ni- By 1974, uh, they did change the rule, and they got rid of the tubby rule. Uh, so are you surprised that it took that long, since 1951 to 1974? 
Well, you know, I actually didn't know that there was a rule that girls could not play. Um, and, and, you know, I knew that girls couldn't play, but I didn't know that it was an unwritten rule. And, and so, uh, rise that added, it took 22 years or whatever to change that rule. But in the meantime, you know, I was going to school, went to college, became a nurse. And so, you know, I was busy myself. Yeah, you were too busy to even consider yourself. Oh, but, and thank you for being a nurse and thank you for your service. I think the healthcare workers don't get enough credit. So I just want to put that there. Uh, thank you for that. So I also wanted to ask you so you didn't tell, even after you made the team, a lot of your teammates had no idea you were a girl for some time. And the coach, how many games did you play before they, you told the coach? I didn't How many games did you play before? Oh, actually, I played in three games, and then I talked to the coach, and I said, I need to tell you something, because the kids started saying, is your name really Tubby? And people were making fun of me oh. at the games, pushing me down, and and uh, so that's when I told him, I said, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm, I'm not a boy, I'm a girl. And he looked, and he sort of smiled, and he said, well... We don't have rules for girls, and you're such a good player. We'd like to just keep you on the team. Oh, that's that's groundbreaking for a coach in that era, I think, to do that. Oh, exactly. Unbelievable. Yeah. So what a great, like that, I think that coach, what was that coach's name? Uh, coach Dumas. Coach Dumas. Okay. Well, good for Coach Dumas. That's a that's a very progressive thing to do in 1950. Um so other kids figured it out before the coach, right? So he probably had no idea you were a girl, but the other kids figured it out and started bullying you, like kids on other teams, right? Did the other kids figure you were a girl? Well, we told the coach. It was only after we told them. No, oh, okay. the, my my team members accepted it and they were very gracious. However, the people on the other teams called me names. They called. Only it, and um, you know, one person when he was out at first because I played first base, and yeah. when he was out at first base, he pushed me down, and um, I, you know, I didn't get hurt, but I was, you know, mentally upset that you know he would go that far. Yeah. However, uh, the next time he got up to bat, he hit a ball out in center field. And I remember my sportsmanship. And so when he ran around first base, I tripped him. <laughs> so, which isn't the best thing to do. However, um, I just didn't mean to get even, but I did. Yeah. They gave him second base anyway. <laughs> that's great. That's great. And that's that, you know, give him second base. That's a little bit to give up for. To make it, yeah, to feel good a little bit. I think anybody would have done that or more in in your situation. Um, that's I think that's a great story. Um, I wanted to ask you what else I want to ask. So the kids on your team were very accepting, and that's I love that. Yeah. That's really neat. Um, but didn't you say? I think you told me that parents like the rest of the year after you told your coach. He made it clear to everyone. It wasn't a secret anymore that you were a girl. So 
parents of other team other team members started booing right when they'd announce you or when you'd start the game were the other team other teams booing you Oh, the other teams did. Yes, in fact, I remember one. It's funny. I can remember one game. The uh, uh, coach on another team put this huge person in the pitch, and uh, I don't know if he was older or what, but I don't think he was really a team member. I think they made him one. I don't know for sure, but. My dad came running out on the field and took me off. He didn't want me to bat against this pitcher because he was sure the pitcher was going to hit me with a ball. So, but you know, I was up there with the bat ready to go. I mean, I've always been a determined person. And like my brother said, you know, that's why dad called you bonehead because you never knew when to stop. <laughs> and, uh, so you weren't <laughs> afraid of these, even though they were doing this, but other teams would get upset because you were so good and better than their boys sometimes you think yeah, right wow. i was i thought at least i thought i was better and um you know i started batting in seventh position and after playing for a little while they moved me up to third position to oh bat. my gosh third position that's the powerhouse <laughs> that's almost yeah. cleanup that's a great position to be in so that means you were definitely good if not better than all the most of the other boys, uh, I love that. Um, and so, with your, your, I'm trying to understand your dad's situation. Being a father myself now, um, trying to imagine what I would, if I would be the same, or if I would be uh, similar to uh, your father and with my daughter. I have no idea, but I know if other parents were booing. My daughter, I don't know if I'd be able to handle that. So was your dad or your your parents, were, did they get into it with other parents? Did they Were there fights in the stands? Like was there, uh, w- was your brother on your team and was he fighting too? Like when people would pick on you? My brother was on the uh, Knights of Columbus and after I made the team called Kingsdairy, Surely, he transferred over there so that my parents could see us both play at the same time. He was shortstop. I was first base. Even though I was little, I could jump up high. And I, I, you know, I just did very well. Now, I actually didn't realize that I threw a ball with my left hand. That's what I did because I'm right-handed with everything else. But I would use my father's mitt, which was for a right-hander, catch the ball, take the mitt off and throw it with my left arm. Oh, my goodness. And so the coach finally, he, you know, after all, he gave me a, a glove that was for a left-hander. So so did your, I, was but, your, did your father ever get into it with other parents that were booing? Did he get upset? And was there any conflicts there? Was there any, probably not like today's parents. No. Well, you know, back in 1950, it was a simpler time. It was only five years after World War II. Mm-hmm. And it, it was it, it, I, think, I don't think anyone would get away with what I got away with now. Back mm-hmm. then it was, you know, the people were a little more naive yeah. and um, just weren't ready to sue at a drop of a hat. Right. Anything. And parents probably didn't fight like they do today. They probably weren't as involved no. as they are now. They're always yelling. Today's stuff. parents are more insane. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right, Cy. Si. Today's parents are more insane for sure. Uh, um, 
uh, what I feel like I had. An, oh, so you were a, you got to throw out some first pitches, right? You threw out you threw out a first pitch at a Yankees game in uh, I threw, the first time I threw out. I forgot the sort of one. Lance Van Alken, who was the vice president of Little League, called me. This is back in two thousand and one. Mm-hmm. And he said, would you like to throw a first pitch out for the semifinal game in, in the World Series? Or really? And I said, yes, but why do, I'd like to throw it out for the final game. He said, well, that's reserved for President Bush. I said, well, just change it. <laughs> <laughs> Did so they change it? That was the first uh, time I threw out a first pitch is for Little League World Series in 2001. Mm-hmm. And then in 2000, I think it was seven, no, 2006, uh, Bank of America set it up so I can throw a first pitch out for the New York Yankees. They flew my husband and I out to New York Wow! and uh, put us up in a beautiful hotel there. We were there for about three days. I threw a first pitch out for the Yankees. Unfortunately, <laughs> it didn't get all the way to the, it wasn't one bounce to the catcher's name was Jorge Posada. Oh, yes. And um, yeah, so I, but I got a big hug from him, but I forgot to take the ball. I, I got the ball, but I never got it signed. Oh, that's and great. Then, yeah. Uh, after that, I threw a first pitch out for the uh, Oakland Athletics. And there's a team in Sacramento called the River Cats. I've thrown a first pitch out a couple of times. And then when Little League had the 75th anniversary, I was I threw a first pitch out then too. So, wow, and that was in two, 2017. Wow, and you're so that's not too long ago. So, how old were you throwing a pitch out in your in your wow in your 80s throwing a pitch? How old was I? Hey, how old were you when you threw the pitch in 2017? Well, let me see. I'm 84 now. <laughs> Old enough not to know better. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't even admit how old I was, except in the book that came out. As you see, I've got it here. Yes. Anybody's Game. The author is from Boston. The illustrator from Argentina. Oh, wow. When she came out, you know... We went to six different schools, the museum and the library. It was an inspirational uh, book. I love talking to both little boys and young girls mm-hmm. uh, like what I did. They loved the book. And we thought we would be, you know, with, uh, selling about, she thought she'd sell about 50 of them. So that's what she brought. We ended up signing around 600 books. Now, I don't get anything for the books. I just get the opportunity to inspire youngsters to dream big and go after that dream and, you know, don't let anything stop them, you know. So anyway, that's so wonderful. It's been been quite a ride for me. It has. And you look so young. I can't believe it. And I guess it's the pitching or the throwing out the first pitch that's keeping you young because you look like you could pitch today at 84. That's unbelievable. You know, I also uh, was asked to give a presentation for the Pony League World Series at the Reagan Museum. That I think that was back in 2010, too. Mm-hmm. So 
that was, you know, as I said, it's been an exciting, extraordinary ride for me. Did you ever see my twin sister? No. Yes. She's the one that called me, I think it was in 1974, and said, you know, she and her husband are watching TV, and they were giving uh, recognition to the first girl to play Little League, but it wasn't me. Oh, And my. she called me and said, she said, Kay, the, the sports director at this one TV station was giving credit to some other person for being the first girl to play Little League. She said, you played Little League 20 years before she did. I said, you know, Mary, I really don't care. I've got a young family. I'm not going to steal her thunder. Just let, let her enjoy, you know, the time. Then 25 years later, she got the... Um, they were having the 25th anniversary of the first girl who played Little League. Now, I thought she would be able to understand. So I called Little League with the help of my husband. We called Little League headquarters. And we told them about uh, my being the first girl. And they said, well, what do you want us to do? And I said, just correct your records. Yeah. And then that's after that, you know, 2001 is when things really started to happen. I even got a call from America's Most Wanted. And I thought, oh, my gosh, they <laughs> found out a little way. Wanted to do a movie. I also had a, a contact in 2002 from Disney that wanted to do a movie. It still hasn't been done, but it's going to be done. Yeah, I believe but it is. They had a change of personnel at uh, Disney, and even though the screenwriter, you know, the screenwriter has done the screen, you know, the writing for me, um, they weren't going to produce the movie uh, because of some misunderstanding between the personnel and whatever. But uh, now the Dick Cook Studios have the screenplay, and I think what they're planning on doing is selling it to next Netflix. Oh, it would be a And the wonderful. name of the movie would be called Who's on First. Who's on First, because you were the first baseman. That's great. That'll be a great movie. It's such an inspiring story. Thank you for taking the time. I'm so excited to meet you and to talk to you. I love, if you weren't you, it probably wouldn't have happened, and it probably wouldn't have inspired all these little girls. And, thank um, you, Gerald. And okay, Gerald. Yeah, thank, thank you, you both. So Again, the book is Anybody's Game, Katherine Johnston, The First Girl to Play Little League Baseball. Picture book from March 2018 by Heather Lang. And once again, there's more to this interview. If you want to hear the rest of Kay Johnston's endearing interview and more wonderful stories from our elders, please check out The Grand Project. It's wherever you can get podcasts. And I'll put a link to the description in this episode. Thanks to Kitty Janvin for agreeing to do this crossover and thanks to Kate Johnston and Cy and Kathy. See you in 1951. Throw it